53, 2, where David said, The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and his word was in my tongue. Father, please put your word in my tongue. And for your sons and daughters, Lord, do for them what David prayed in Psalm 119, verse 18, Open thou mine eyes. Open all of our eyes, I pray, that the truth may be understood, received, and believed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our subject for this time is the invisible man. What did I say? The invisible man. Our theme is looking unto Jesus, and we discovered last night that by looking to Jesus, we are looking to someone who is equal with God the Father, someone who is divine, someone who has all the characteristics of the Father. We're looking to someone who alone can restrain the power of Satan, who is our enemy at every level. But I want to remind you that Jesus at present is not on earth where we are. Where is Christ? And what is his form? What is his form? He is a man, but he is also God. What I'm saying is Jesus Christ at this very moment is both physical, man and God. He has still retained his human flesh. Are you with me? When Paul writes in Colossians 2, I believe it's verse 9, in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead, how? Bodily. And that's about two decades after Jesus went back to heaven. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, or chapter 2, verse 5, there's one mediator between God and men. And who is that? The man, Christ Jesus. Jesus is still physical. Because of this, he cannot be everywhere at the same time. So Christ is not on earth now. Jesus Christ is in heaven. We are on earth, and the battles we face are played out on earth. We discovered last night that our enemy, the devil, wields the greatest power in the universe next to God's power. And if we need help with that power, we need help that is present with us. But Jesus is in heaven. Then how does he get that power to us? Say it again. Through the Holy Spirit. Then when we look to Jesus, we are also looking to his agent. Are you listening or are you watching those who are coming in? <laughs> no, I ask that seriously. We are heavily and easily distracted. Now, you know what a human being looks like. <laughs> I don't see why you have to turn every time someone comes in. No, I really don't. I don't know what's funny about what I'm saying, but I really don't. We must learn to focus. Because if we plan to look unto Jesus, Satan has 
multiplied distractions which work. That's why so many of us are spiritually weak. We cannot focus on Christ without succumbing to the distractions that surround us. We cannot study the Bible intensely because we're distracted by the game that's playing in the background. By the way, when you were seated this morning, what were you talking about? There was a babel of noise. Were you discussing the Bible? No. Was your conversation sabbatical? Probably not. What is so wrong with walking into a place of worship? And I'll get back to the Holy Spirit. Open the Word of God and just commune with God quietly. What's wrong with that? Why do we talk so much? Let me encourage you for the next session, which comes immediately after this one. If there's a lull in activity from the desk, try this experiment. Take your Bible or someone else's Bible. You don't have one. Read it. So those coming in, seeing this place full and hearing silence, but seeing people reading God's Word, that really, really bothers me. All right, Jesus Christ is physical. He's in heaven. We're on earth fighting this battle. How does he get the power to us? And you correctly responded, through the Holy Ghost. Then, if the agent of Christ, who comes to us to aid us in our battle with a power that is second only to God's power, and in the battle with Satan, a draw is not enough, there must be victory, then we can conclude immediately that that agent must have what? What kind of power? God's power. Or he cannot sufficiently assist us in this struggle. He will have to do as Gabriel did and send for help. The Holy Ghost, the agent of Christ, must be as powerful as Christ. Let's look at the Bible and see if we can come to that conclusion biblically and with some degree of reasonableness. What's our subject? Let us identify some qualities of divinity and see if we find them in the Holy Ghost. Let's go to uh, Isaiah. Isaiah 46, we look at verses 9 and 10. Isaiah 46, verses 9 and 10. We're reading from the King James Version. Do you have Isaiah 46? 9 and 10. The Bible says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God. And there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Now God immediately separates himself from all other gods. Because there are other gods. That's why the first commandment says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. I need to be God, number one, and God number only in the life. So God understands there are other gods, so-called. 
But he must, of necessity, distinguish himself from other gods, and he gives some qualities in Scripture that separate him from other gods. One of them is mentioned in Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Now he tells us why he is God and there is no other God like him. He identifies the quality. Declaring, verse 10, the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done. What is it that God says about himself that makes him God? He knows what? The end from the beginning. Now, can the Holy Ghost do that? Let's find out from the Bible if he can. 1 Peter chapter 1, reading from verse 9. God says one of the things that make him God is that, or one of his qualities, I should say, nothing makes God God. One of his qualities is that he knows the beginning from the end. He can tell you things that will happen long before they happen. 1 Peter chapter 1, reading from verse 9. Our subject is the invisible man. It is now already 24 minutes after 9. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Searching what, verse 11, or what manner of time, the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Now, let's examine verse 11. Searching what? In other words, what Peter is saying is that the prophets of old, they earnestly desired to understand the things they were told to write. They wanted to understand searching what or what manner of time the spirit of whom Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand, that's a key word, beforehand, the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Beforehand, the Spirit told the prophets what would happen. Beforehand. Now, how far before is beforehand? Who's the first prophet in the Bible? Who is the first prophet in the Bible? And Ella White helps us with that. Enoch. The first genuine prophet in the scripture is Enoch. Now, to find out about Enoch's prophecy, Enoch is mentioned in Genesis, we have to learn about it in Jude. Jude, verse 14 and verse 15. The book just before Revelation, Jude. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints execute judgment of all upon all and to convince all that ungodly among them of all the ungodly deeds which they have with ungodly committed and of all the hard speeches with ungodly sinners has spoken against him now the prophecy of Enoch recorded in Jude 14 15 how far back did Enoch live we're talking about the Holy Spirit's ability to know the end from the beginning that's the quality of God when Enoch was born Adam was 622 years old how long did Adam live? So how long did they live contemporaneously? 308 years. What am I saying? When Enoch wrote what he wrote, 
which was not a production of his own mind. It was a revelation of the Spirit of Christ. 1 Peter 1.11, which the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand in the very days of Adam. The Holy Spirit could write with detail what would happen to Christ almost 4,000 years before it happened. Does the Holy Spirit know the beginning from the end? Yes. That's a quality of God. That's a quality of the Spirit. Why do I call him the invisible man? Because so little emphasis is placed on the Holy Spirit. Yet the Bible says, all manner of sin and blasphemy against men shall be forgiven them. But the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven unto men. For whoso speaketh a word against the Son of God, it shall be forgiven him. But whoso speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him in this life, neither in the life to come. The Holy Ghost must be the most sensitive being in the entire universe. God knows the beginning from the end, the Holy Ghost knows. Now, let's look at another quality of God as we continue with the invisible man. Isaiah 45, Isaiah 45, reading verse 22. Isaiah 45, reading verse 22. Do we have it? Read with me. Look unto me and be what? Saved. How many people? All the ends of the earth. For I am and there is. Now here again, God uses this expression, I am God and there is none else on the basis of the fact that I can do what? I can save. No other God can save. Can the Holy Spirit save? If we establish he can save, we must conclude that he's what? God. He's not the Father. He's God. He's not the Son. He's God. Let's go to Jesus' words in John chapter 3, reading verse 8. John 3, verse 8. There are several people standing. If there's an empty seat next to you, you're not holding for your spouse. And raise your hand so someone can come and sit down. Because while they're standing, they're looking for seats, and that distracts them. Here's a hand, here's a hand, here's a hand. You need a seat, come. Any other hands for empty seats? They're all over the place. Please come. All right. Blessings on you, my good brother. And two hands to the back to my left. Please grab a seat. What book did I say? What chapter? What verse? The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound, but canst not tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. Finish that verse. So is everyone that is what? Born of the Spirit. Now, what is meant by born of the Spirit? What process is Christ describing? Come on. Come on. The new birth. Verse 3 and verse 5, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 5, except a man be born of what? And 
he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. The Spirit is the means by which this new birth phenomenon takes place. As the Spirit was the agent by which the birth of Christ or the, the conception of Christ, if that's the word, in the womb of a woman took place. Because when the angel said, you'll have a child, and Mary knew that she was not that kind of woman to run around, she said, how shall this be? Angel, you've got to be joking. I don't, I'm not that kind of girl. The angel said, the Holy Ghost. Not the angel Gabriel. The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. and The power of the Almighty shall overshadow you. Which is the same thing. The Holy Ghost is not different from the power of the Almighty. It's the same thing. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be conceived in thee shall be called the Son of God. Because the expression Son of God means equal with God. And the Jews understood that. That's why whenever Jesus used that expression in reference to himself, they tried to kill him. The Holy Ghost, Jesus says, is the agent that brings about the new birth. And your new birth is a movement from flesh to spirit. As Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the... Ah. And so God identifies some qualities he has that makes him God. He knows the end from the beginning. He can save. And the Holy Ghost does the same thing. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4, reading verses 12 and 13. As we continue the invisible man, when you look unto Jesus, you also need to look unto his agent. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. There's a sister looking for a seat. Will someone identify an empty seat for the lady, please? Thank you, my good brother. The brother in the green shirt also needs a seat. Someone let him know where there's a seat. There's one right up front next to this sister or next to that brother. You decide who you'll sit next to. Okay. Hebrews 4, verses 12 and 13. For the word of God is what? Quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not what? Manifest in his sight, but all things are what? Naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. The verse is saying everything. When it says, naked unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do, what does it mean? That God is aware of what? He knows what? Everything. God knows everything. You know, sometimes when I pray, I turn off the lights. <laughs> God won't see me. <laughs> God knows and sees everything. Does the Holy Ghost know everything? If we can establish that he knows everything, we have further evidence that he's God. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 2, reading from verse 9. 1 Corinthians 2, reading from verse 9. Our subject is the invisible man's 21 minutes to 9, or to 10. Here's a brother in church with a seat. Please make sure that child of God gets a seat. All right. Okay, one sister says there are two seats up front right next to her. What book did I say? What chapter? 
Reading from what verse? But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of men the things which God hath prepared for what? Them that do what? Love him. Now, many of us, we never read beyond that, and we say, well, there's no way to know or to have a glimpse or an idea. But God hath revealed them unto us how? By his Spirit, says verse 10. Now, keep reading. For the Spirit, what? Now, the Greek word for search means to understand and examine in detail. For the Spirit searcheth, come on, the Spirit searcheth all things, not just all things, but we have additional descriptive information. Yea, go on, the deep things of God. Things that would cause our brain to split. The Spirit of God, the Bible says, searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. What does all things exclude? And what does all things include? Everything. Whatever God knows, who can finish what I'm about to say? The Holy Spirit knows. Is the Holy Spirit God? Yes. The Bible says, if any man hath not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Romans 8, 9. To be a child of God, you must have the Holy Spirit. Go with me to John chapter 14, reading verse 6. John 14, reading verse 6, the invisible man is our subject, 18, 19 minutes to 10. John 14, reading verse 6. Reading the red letters in that verse, if you have that kind of Bible, what does Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yes, yes, yes. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If we can establish from Scripture that the Holy Ghost is the way, the truth, and the life, we must conclude, if we're honest, that the Holy Ghost is equally divine as is the Son and the Father. Go with me to Galatians 5. Galatians 5, we continue the invisible man. When you look at Christ, you're also looking at his agent. Because it is not Christ that comes into your heart literally when you say, Lord, come into my heart. Because Christ is in heaven, a bodily Christ cannot come into your heart. It is his agent, the Holy Spirit that does that then you need to know the qualities, what kind of person or personality is this agent representing Christ in my battle with Satan who wields the greatest power after God. I need to know, can I count on this agent? Galatians 5.16. Yes, Galatians. Did I say something else? Galatians 5.16. The Bible says what? This I say then, walk where? In the spirit, and he shall not do what? Fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, when you walk, you must walk in what? Away. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path, or to my way. Walk in the spirit. The spirit is the way. In verse 25, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. A better translation, because we live by the spirit. Because of the Spirit, we have life. Let us now walk. 
So you're justified and you live the life of a justified person. In other words, if God is your Savior, let Him be your Lord. Do you understand what I mean by that? Let me explain. Many people want Christ to save them and then leave it at that. Don't tell me how to live my life. Now that I'm saved, let me do whatever I like. No, 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 no. If He is your Savior, He must be your Lord. Lord means he expects obedience. That's why in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 6, the Bible says, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Because the Spirit is the way. I am the way, the truth. Is the Spirit the truth? Well, John 14, reading verse 16. John 14, reading verse 16, quarter to 10. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even whom the Spirit of truth. The Spirit of truth. John 16, verse 13. John 16, verse 13, the Bible says, How be it? When he, read with me, the spirit of truth is come. Let's go to 1 John 5. We were in that passage this morning when Dr. Gregory spoke. 1 John 5. Reading from verse 5. Our subject is the invisible man. Are you there? Who is he that overcometh the world that he that believeth what? That Jesus is what? Son of God. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. Now you finish that verse. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness. Why? The Spirit is truth. I am the way. The Spirit is the way. I am the truth, the Spirit is the truth. Is the Spirit life? Romans chapter 8, reading from verse 1. Romans 8, reading from verse 1, our subject is the invisible man. As we contemplate the theme, looking unto Jesus, when you look unto Jesus, whom are you looking unto? We established last night you're looking unto God. Well, we found out this morning Jesus is still physical. He is God and man. He still has physical flesh, glorified version, which we will have when we are raised from the dead or translated. In that condition, he cannot be everywhere. He certainly can't occupy a person. So he does that through his agent. And we're finding out the agent bears the very power of Christ. What book did I say? What chapter? What verse? Reading from verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who do what? Walk not after the, but after the, so we have the Spirit as the way again. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of the sin and death. The law of the Spirit of life. In Revelation 11, in the chapter of the two witnesses, in verse 11 it says, And after three days and a half, the Spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet. And great fear fell upon them which saw them. I am the way, 
I am the truth. I am the life. The Holy Spirit is the way, the truth, and the life. Now let's go to Isaiah 45, looking at verse 18. Isaiah 45, verse 18. Do we have that? For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He hath established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. Finish the verse. I am the Lord and there is. Why? Why? Because of his ability to create. Can the Holy Spirit create? Yes, he can. But we will establish that in a roundabout way. Let's go back to John 3, 8. John 3, 8. Listen to Christ talking about the Holy Spirit and the birth, the new birth phenomenon, which no one can understand other than Christ. Are you there? The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. Finish the verse with me. So is everyone that is what? Born of the Spirit. Now that's the spiritual birth. Now the new birth is a work of creation. If any man be in Christ, he is what? It's really a new creation now. Physical creation helps us to understand the spiritual act of creation. Why is that? Because there is a principle by which God functions. And the principle is, as in the natural, so in the spiritual. Acts of the Apostles, page 284, paragraph 2, Ellen White writes, As in the natural, so in the spiritual world. She also writes, In the spiritual, as in the natural world, Obedience to the laws of God is the condition of fruit-bearing. And when men teach people to disregard God's commandments, they prevent them from bearing fruit to His glory. Christ Subject Lessons, page 305, paragraph 5. There is an unbroken connection between the way things happen at the physical level and the way they happen at the spiritual level. And the progression is we study the physical to understand the spiritual. That's why it was on this basis that Jesus could tell so many parables. Christ didn't use the Holy Spirit to explain yeast. He explained how a woman bakes bread. He went into that to give them some understanding of how spiritual things work. As in the natural, so in the spiritual there is a connection. For instance, there is a law that says an object at rest or in motion tends to remain at rest or in motion unless acted upon by an external and unbalanced force. That's a physical law. But that's the way it is spiritually. The sinful nature is an object at rest or in motion. Is there anything in the sinful nature that can stop itself? Come on, answer me. No. What is required? An external. But not only external has to be unbalanced, meaning greater than the force of the object moving or at rest. And unbalanced and external to change its state. That unbalanced and external force is Christ. 
What I'm saying is, according to the physical laws, if a marble is rolling, it will roll and never stop. If there's no friction, there's nothing to act upon it. It will roll and never stop rolling. Now, the carnal nature is precisely the same as in the natural. So in the spiritual. Now, using that law now, let's work back. If the Holy Spirit creates in the spiritual, What's the conclusion? Come on, what's the conclusion? He must have created in the physical. Job 33 verse 4, The Spirit of the Lord hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty hath given me life. Psalm 104 verse 30, Thou sendest forth thy spirit, they are created, and thou renewest the face of the earth. Read Genesis chapter 1, reading from verse 1, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the very first member of the Godhead identified by name. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Jesus says in John 6, 63, It is the Spirit that what? Quickeneth. The flesh profiteth Nothing. It is the Spirit that gives life. And so now, James, the brother of Christ, he uses the, the, the creation of Adam, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul, Genesis 2-7. And in James 2-26, for as the body without the Spirit is dead, so faith without works, as in the physical, so in the spiritual. The Holy Spirit is God. Amen. Now, when you look to Christ, Christ can't come and get into your heart. He can't do that. He sends a spirit. And Jesus says in John 16, 14, let's read verse 13 first. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come... He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself or his own authority, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore, said I, he shall take of mine, and show it unto you. Everything Jesus has, everything the Father has, who is in control of it? The Holy Spirit. Now, when Abraham wanted a wife for his son Isaac, whom did he send? Eliezer. Now, there are two begotten sons in the Bible. Who are they? Not Ishmael. I know who you mean. Isaac and Christ, because both came back from the dead. Isaac in a figure, Christ literally. Abraham represents whom? God the Father, who gave what? His only begotten Son. Now, Jesus said in John 6, 44, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me. Do what? Draw him. How does the Father draw us? To the Spirit. So that the Spirit goes in search, touching the hearts. 
And Christ repeats the concept in verse uh, 65 of John 6. When Abraham wanted a wife for Isaac, he sent Eliezer, who represents the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Genesis 24, verse 10, And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master, for all the goods of his master were in his hand. Meaning what? Meaning what? The hand represents control and power. Everything Abraham had was under Eliezer's control. Yet when Eliezer prayed at that well, he said, O Lord, show kindness unto my master. He acknowledged Abraham when he was coming back with Rebekah in verse 65, I believe it is. He identifies Isaac when Rebekah said, Who's that man that walketh in the field to meet us? He said, It is my master. Speaking of whom? Isaac. So Eliezer recognized Abraham as his master and Isaac as his master. Now in John 14, 26, Jesus says, But the comforter which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father shall send in my name. Now in verse 15, 20, in chapter 15, 26 of John, but when the comforter is come, whom the Father shall, whom I will send unto you from the Father. Who sends the Holy Spirit? The Father and the Son. Everything the Father and the Son have. Because Jesus prayed in John 17, all mine are thine and thine are mine. Verse 10 of John 17. And all that they have, the Holy Spirit has unrestricted access to for the benefit of the church. So when you look to Christ, you must understand it is not Christ that comes into your heart personally, but all that is Christ, all the power of his victorious life is brought to us by his agent, the Holy Ghost. Because the power needed to overcome Satan is the power of God. And the Holy Ghost brings that power because he is God. Now, he has different functions. It wasn't God who died on the cross. It wasn't the Holy Ghost. It was the Son who died. It was the Father who sent him. It was the Holy Ghost who led him on his mission on this earth. The invisible man, the Holy Ghost. Jesus told you in Luke eleven thirteen, 13, If ye then being evil, Know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that do what? Just ask. Amen. Now, we ask God for everything. It's about two minutes to ten. We ask him for money. We ask him for a man. We ask him for a woman. We ask him for... Success in our career, we've mapped out in detail, but we have no detailed plan as to how we'll glorify God through that career. We ask him for um, all sorts of things. And Jesus says, look, there's something if you ask for, you have a guaranteed yes. You know what a guaranteed yes from God means to the soul, your confidence, your, 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 to perk you up? A guaranteed yes. There's no guarantee God will give you money. There's no guarantee he lets you move up in your career because he may see it may damage you spiritually. He may keep you down. There is no guarantee he'll give you a wife. He may want you to live like Jeremiah, stay single. Or like Jesus himself or John the Baptist. But it is guaranteed. If you ask for the Holy Spirit, obediently, you'll get him. Why then do we not ask for the Holy Spirit? 
because we don't even think about the Holy Spirit. We really don't. Now you say, you don't judge me. I'm not judging you. You know, you preach, you talk to people, you, you make these unscientific surveys. <laughs> and my unscientific survey is, you see, you go places and people give you a long list of prayer requests. Pray for this. Pray, wherever I go, and it's a privilege to pray for people, don't get me wrong. You know what I never see on those requests? Pray for me to be just like Jesus. Pray for me to be filled with holy. Here's what I see. Pray for my job. My husband is not treating me well. My wife is beating me up. You know, pray for this. Pray for that. Pray for this. Pray for that. Give me this. Everything, almost 95% material. I... Now, you look at that, and you come to a reasonable conclusion. Where is the emphasis of those people? What are you praying for? Don't tell me. If any man hath not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Without the Spirit of God, you cannot understand the deep things of God. I don't care how many degrees you get from Andrews or, or uh, last year or, you know, University of Battle Creek. You just will not understand spiritual things without, you see, you see, what God has hidden from the wise, the wise can't find out. You didn't understand me. God said he has hidden these things from whom? The wise. Of course, the wise who are and reveal them unto babes. But revelation of truth comes to the Holy Spirit because He is the Spirit of truth. It is truth that sets us free. It is truth that sanctifies. Then the Holy Spirit is central. Will you not make a commitment to pray for the Holy Ghost? Keep in mind, God gives them to those who obey Him. Acts 5.32 Pray. Here's what I... I'm going to Indonesia in October, and I'm looking for this young lady. She sent me an email a few months ago. I was in Indonesia last year, and I spoke at a church. I, I challenged the church for 21 days, just pray for the Holy Ghost. Plus forgiveness of sins. Always pray for forgiveness of sins. Never assume. Always forgiveness of sins. Then the Holy Ghost and nothing else. Don't pray for money. If you're unemployed, don't pray for job. Don't pray for spouse. Don't pray for health. The, only the Holy Spirit and forgiveness for 21 days. That will cause most of us to panic. What? Don't pray for a house? I'm unemployed. Don't pray for work as though... <laughs> she sent me an email. She said, I am a different person. Amen. She said, I embarked on what you said. She said, I am a different person. Because when the Holy Spirit comes, how much does he bring with him? Everything. He brings the right job. He brings the right man you never looked at. He brings everything. <laughs> and so today I am promoting the agent of Christ, the invisible man, the Holy Ghost. Pray for the Holy Ghost. Remember the quotation I gave you, Evangelism, page 617, paragraph 2, the power of the prince of evil can only be held in check by the power of God in the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. How many of you? Because of this message. 
and whatever effect it had on your heart will say, Father, help me to look more closely at the role of the Holy Spirit in my life and to pray for this. Do you mean that from your heart? You really mean that? Okay, hands down. Those who meant it. You see, because every decision you make is recorded in heaven. Do you know that? That's why I'm tr- I thought for years, Lord, how to restructure appeals. Because audiences and congregations are conditioned to respond out of courtesy. And so you get up because everyone else gets up. But I wish from my heart that people would only get up if they are personally convicted because you cannot fool God. If you genuinely will say, Father, I want your spirit in my life, stand up. And we'll pray. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Father in heaven, very simply and directly I ask you, dear God, to register these commitments. Honor them, Father, with the gift of your spirit. Keep us mindful of Acts 5.32. The spirit is given to those who obey you. Father in heaven, without the spirit we are none of yours. It is he that beareth witness with our internal spirit that we are the sons of God. Please, God, help us to understand that what we need more than anything else is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Father in heaven, open blind eyes. Bring out the prisoners from the prison house of ignorance, dear God. So that as we go through the formality of church, we may not miss the power of of a relationship with Christ through the agency of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, touch every listening heart, I pray, that when Christ comes to gather his saints, he may find all of us ready to receive him, that none of us may be lost. I offer this prayer from my heart. In Jesus' name, let all God's people say, Amen Amen and Amen. God bless you.